timeouts left. The Lakers have two. Bryant. To shot! A chance to send What's up, everybody? How we doing? Welcome to the first ever 48 Minutes Basketball Network NBA Draft Show. Uh, very, very excited for this project. I know Parker here has been just begging to work with me. He's just been like, man, I got to work with Tim on something. <laughs> so we were like, why not do this? Why not do a draft show together? So uh, I'm really excited for this. What the idea of this is going to be, and Parker and I will get into it here in a second. But the idea of this show... More or less just a quick 30, 40 minute show where we give you three prospects and the tiers of lottery, first round, and second round. And we'll talk about where they are. Obviously, that can fluctuate throughout the time. We still have four months till the NBA draft, but three months, sorry. But regardless, uh, Parker, how are you, bud? Uh, I'm doing pretty good today. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited for this. I think this is going to be a fun project to work on. I love the NBA draft. I get obsessed with it around right after the trade deadline because my teams are normally out of the playoff contention. So uh, this is going to be fun. And I think here what's going to be cool is about this is just kind of giving people a lot of insight. You know, hey, this is the guy. If you're a Pistons fan, you're like, okay, if I'm not getting one and two, if I'm not getting Wembe Yump, if I'm not getting Scoot, who should I hope for that drops to three there? We're going to cover that. If you're, you know, the Golden State Warriors fan, and you're like, look, we're going to have a late, okay, maybe maybe other years, we're going to have a yeah. late first round, or maybe not this year. But like, all right, who's a steal that we can try to get at the end of the first to help our team out? Or if you're a team that has nothing but second rounders, like the Lakers have had in years past, who's a second rounder going to help my team like Max Christie's contributing? Uh, we're going to cover all that, so it's going to be fun. Uh, yeah, 100%. And like Tim said, I really like how we're going to do it like in tiers, like as in we'll have like a lottery pick at each episode. We'll have a late first rounder, mid to late first rounder, and then we'll have a second round pick uh, each episode to talk about and let you know our thoughts, uh, if they can rise in stock, if they can fall, and what the, we need to see from them uh, going forward into the draft process and the rest of the college basketball season if they're playing in college. Yeah, and if you are wondering, according to news uh, that's been coming out the last couple of days, from what I hear, we probably won't have a reason to talk about Brandon Miller. Uh, if you catch what I'm saying there. So no, we're not going to dive into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I wanted to start this episode, uh, start the show out with three guys that we've seen play in person. Three guys we're pretty comfortable with. We've seen a lot of their gameplay, um, whether it's just us covering games, being fans, uh, anything. Um, but I think these are three guys to start out that we, you know, have a good feel for that we can give a kind of discussion on. And the first one is you as a Kentucky fan, we had to go with uh case Wallace the point guard of the Wildcats uh, currently right now, 11.8 points per game, 3.7 total rebounds a game, 4.1 assists and 8.1 box plus minus basically saying that he gives the team eight more points than his replacement uh, currently projected as a lottery pick. So this is an interesting one to start out Parker because the Tennessee game, the where Kentucky upsets them at, at home on Rupp sweeps them for the season. He was awesome. He was super good in that game. Um, 20, like, Especially that first half. Yeah, yeah, 16, 6, and 6. Uh, really kind of, you know, really set the dynamic. Like you said, the first half, he did not let Tennessee get anything, played great defense. Uh, but the two games before that was not very good offensively, really struggled. 
And then obviously had a couple games before that where he's great again. So Kaysen's been a little up and down. Um, this is kind of really, really an interesting player for sure on this draft. But currently, uh, people have him right outside the top 10, so that late lottery situation. But I love his ability to play defense. I love his ability to, like, you know, knock the ball loose on the defensive side of the ball. I love his way to guard the perimeter. He's a really, really good shot blocker for a guard. Kind of has that, not comparing them, has that Dwayne Wade skill, shot blocking <laughs> skill that you see from a guard. Uh, what do you take away from Kaysen Wallace coming into what you've seen as a Kentucky fan? Um, from basically just what I've seen this season, I've been extremely impressed with his defensive versatility. Like, even though he's a six, four point guard, he can go out and guard a three. Um, he can even like body up. He's not very, I mean, he's 193 weight listed, but I mean, I feel like he looks more structured than that. He looks like he's got a little more weight on him than that. And, uh, he's pretty built and can easily defend a lot of positions offensively though. However, um, I just want to see more out of him. Just consistency. Like you said, uh, he goes games where he'll go 0 for 8 from the field or something, and he'll score two points. And it's just like you can't really have those lapses if you want to really improve your draft stock to be a top 10 pick instead of, you know, outside the top 10, right in the, like, 14 to 10 range. But uh, overall, I've been extremely impressed with him. This Kentucky team overall has been uh, extremely inconsistent. Um, like, looking at his box scores here, like Mississippi State two games ago, I was watching that game. It was frustrating to watch from him. One for 13 from the field. However, he did have 11 assists. And that's why I want to talk about is I think that is his most uh, impressive ability offensively is his passing ability. I think he's an extremely good passer. And uh, if I had to give him some sort of comp outside of er, uh, when he's in college, beside like, I don't want to say it, but, like, he kind of just for his – raw abilities and kind of like what I think he could become is a Tyrese Halliburton. I know he is not at that level right now whatsoever by any means, but he kind of reminds me of Halliburton in college a little bit. Um, and yeah, I just, I think he needs to improve on his shooting a little bit. He's been good as a shooter overall in the season, shooting 35% from three on over four attempts a game. However, it's just been really inconsistent and there's been a lot of two for three from three games, uh, but then a 0 for six game and stuff like that. I just think it, consistency is really his key in his development. Yeah, I think that's a great point. Uh, one thing that really jumps out to me that I just really love to see him improve on is going to help him out so much in the NBA level is getting to the free throw line. Uh, he does not have enough free throw attempts for being this late in the season uh, for his team. And I think that's part of the reason that I wouldn't say he's held them back by any means because he's probably on a case by case basis. You can make the situation. He's probably their best player, uh, yeah. especially definitely their best player, best NBA prospect. Yeah. It's best not, prospect for sure. It's not close. Probably the best player, but yeah, it's not close either, but I want to see him attack the rim more. I want to see him get more aggressive and get to the line. Uh, you look at what they have coming up specifically. I think these are great games for him to really kind of flex his muscle, be more physical. This team needs wins. I mean, this is a team that's like right now, a lot of teams have people have on their as a 10 seed. They're at Florida tonight uh, in a game that they are two and a half point favorites. So this is a big game for them. Florida obviously is not a very good Florida team. I think this is a game where he's got to flex his muscle and he's got to be aggressive and make things happen. I love what you said about his ability to make, you know, draw assists get people, get people open opportunities. Uh, this could definitely add to that situation for him. Yeah, a hundred percent. This is going to be a big game for him tonight. I mean, Florida's not a great team this year by any means. However, like there's always a big time matchup. And it's always going to be a close game because it's Kentucky versus Florida. It's at two sec rivals. It's in the swamp, which is not a fun place to play. And uh, today could show some of his maturity levels uh, going into such a big game in terms of 
a bad environment, a very, very scary environment for a young freshman. And if he can come to play today, then I'd be, I'd be pretty comfortable with him coming to play pretty much anywhere. Yeah, this is, you know, that's the environment thing. Like you said, um, their remaining schedule really kind of favors them. I would say, I don't know how you feel about it, but oh, yeah, I, uh, I'm definitely more confident in them now than I've been at any point in the season, even though they're like not ranked right now, they're getting back to receiving votes. However, they just, they seem to be finding that Oscar Shibway is not who they need to run their offense through. And yeah. it seems like they've been realizing that recently. And I love Oscar. He is maybe the best rebounder in my lifetime I've ever seen in college. Like I haven't lived that long of a life, but since I've been alive, he might be the best rebounder I've ever seen. And I feel like recently they've been trying to play through uh, Case and Wallace a little bit more because I mean you look at his game logs his attempts have gone up drastically I know they have there's been some bad games in there but I mean 14 attempts 13 attempts 17 attempts and it's three out of his last four uh that shows you right there they're trying to run the offense to him because you look at his early game logs it was I mean he only had two double digit attempt games in his first nine college games so that shows you right there like he's definitely getting the offense ran through him a lot now which is yeah. nice to see. It is nice to see. I agree. So right now, like I said, right outside that lottery, uh, I mean, right outside the top 10 in the lottery, I think Kaysen Wallace, if he has a really, really good couple games here, I mean, especially that Arkansas game, that is huge for him, that last game of the year. He goes in the SEC tournament and plays well. I think we could see him bump up to that 6-7 area where guys like Cam mm -hmm. Whitmore for Villanova are sitting right now. Uh, but I'm comfortable right now with saying, you know, He's a top 10. Player. Yeah, 10, 10 through 14. Yeah. And uh, he, yeah, just like you said, I think he definitely has the potential <laughs> to be a pretty big riser in this draft, uh, like you said. Um, especially, this dude's pretty, he's a freak athlete. He really is. I feel like he's going to have some impressive measurables and stuff at the combine if he goes through the combine, and that might uh, rise his stock as well because I feel like he's got a long wingspan for sure. He, he I said Tyrese, he kind of reminds me of Shea too, like that just long Long guard, just talk off body type. This isn't off their play style. I'm talking about like their body type. He reminds me of like a Shea Halliburton build. And uh, I mean, if he could turn into either of those guys, I mean, any NBA team would be more than thrilled. But uh, I think he's more athletic than those guys, though. I do too. Yeah, I think, and that's going to be a big plus for him. His athleticism is tremendous. Um, I'm I'm excited to see how it goes. I'm really excited to see how he finishes out this season. So let's get to our second guy, another guy you and I have seen a ton of uh, the last three years. Currently at Xavier, team we're credentialed to cover. This is Colby Jones, uh, the Musketeers. Colby uh, is kind of a Swiss Army knife, do-it-all kind of player. Currently projected in the late first round, uh, averaging 14.5 points a game, averaging five rebounds a game, averaging just about five assists a game, and just a big jump in his shooting ability this year. Uh, as a 39% three-point shooter, he did have a bad game last night against Villanova, um, where, but uh, shooting-wise. But he had seven rebounds. He had seven assists. He's a guy that if things aren't going well in one situation, he's going to make up for it in others. And he can completely change the game. Really has become such a much, much better on-ball defender throughout the season. Uh, you saw him kind of taking a lot of assignments. So I really, really love Colby Jones. He's one of my favorite players I've ever covered, honestly. Uh, 6'6", 205, combo guard, can play the point, can be a good ball handler. Uh, I don't know if that NBA shot is going to be able to kind of pick up from where it has so far at his, this season Xavier, but you know if he's a guy you can get in the twenties, you're you're not hurting if he's a guy no. there. 
No, 100%. And I feel as if he's somebody that um, is going to be a just steal in the draft for a late uh, late first-round pick. I don't think he has star potential, really, but – I don't like I don't think he's one of those guys like Jaden Hardy in last year's draft who fell right. into the early second round who like that guy could still become a star and it wouldn't shock me. Uh Colby Jones is that guy like I think he could become a Mikel Bridges, something like that, like where it's like maybe not Mikel Bridges level, because that's the best three and D player in the league. And now he's more with the Mets. But um a Jay Crowder. I'm just thinking of three and D guys in the league. I think he could be that perfect three and D guy, very good defender. I mean, and he could be a little bit more, maybe a young Andre Iguodala type player. Because if you remember, I Iggy, like that. Iggy was a big time assist guy uh, early on in his career, a big time playmaker, pretty much just before he joined the Warriors. He was a big playmaker and everything like that. And Colby's shown this year as a small forward, he has a really good knack for finding teammates. I mean, he's averaging almost five assists a game, which is extremely impressive for a small forward. And uh, he kind of reminds me of that like Andre Iguodala archetype where he could end up just being like a poor man's LeBron. Where he does it all, but just not to that level. I completely agree. Uh, I think that Colby is a guy that, you know, you look at like a team like Memphis. Memphis would absolutely oh, he would love. Be perfect there. Yeah, Memphis would love to have a guy like Colby Jones on that team. Um, a guy who can just, you know, make the offense. You can run your offense through him in situational in situations. Uh, really, really good on the dribble handoff, which he showed like that's a vast improvement as well. Um, what he's just been able to do this year offensively has been so impressive. Uh, we all know he kind of had that like alpha male in him when he came in. Um, you know, this is a guy that came in with Duan Odom, and Duan Odom was the prospect everyone talked about. But Colby has become the guy. Um, you know, probably make the case Xavier's best player and Xavier's best prospect. I know Sule Boom has been tremendous this year, but. Where I really like him, and you mentioned a couple different guys, and I don't mean to say this for the sake of the same school, and I saw them so much, has a lot of what Najee Marshall is doing in New Orleans yeah, yeah. right now. I think that's a, you know somewhere where Colby could be really big. What I want to see more from Colby is just um, – also, we didn't even talk about the freaking effort. Dies on the floor for balls, will fight, has been hit in the face probably more than any college basketball player this season. <laughs> um, but – He's a guy that can go for it. Like, I don't know if I would put him. He's definitely not, you know, up there with the Thompson twins or Keontae George. But, like, I think I wouldn't have an issue if you talk about him at that same level of, like, Anthony Black from Arkansas, Jed Howard from Michigan as guys. Like, there are guys that can really kind of play the position there really well. And I think there are things he does better than those guys, especially, you know, as far as a playmaker in the half court. So he's a really, really interesting prospect here that I think could really be a great steal for someone in the first round. I completely agree with you, Tim. And something I would want to point out is if this draft was just based on who can play right now, I think he'd be a top 10 to 15 pick. And That's a good point. I really do believe that. Um, he's still also a, a good note for him is even though he's a third year college player, he's still really young for his age. Like he's still 20 years old. He won't turn 21 till right before the draft in late May. So he's still really young for his age because, you know, a lot of guys, top recruits are like 20 years old when they get to college in the first place. <laughs> and uh, Colby's only 20 still. So he's still pretty young for um, uh, being in school for three years. And he's definitely matured being in school for three years. And I think if this draft, like I said, was who can just play right away, he'd be a top 10 to 15 pick. And I think the only reason they have a lot of guys going ahead of him is because they just have more star potential, have more potential to just be a franchise caliber player. And I don't really see that from Colby, but I just see I see him. I have a hard time believing he's not going to have a good role in the NBA for a long time. I completely agree. I completely agree with you. 
going to be a G League washout. I really do. Yeah, I think that he's just going to be he's going to be a consistent NBA role player. Mm-hmm. And I think that's going to be big for him. Um, you know, and he could he, develop into like a really, really good role player, like the Mikael Bridges, like like borderline all star level. Yeah, absolutely. So, kind of real quick before we get to our next guy, I'm looking at what Tankathon hasn't projected. Currently, they haven't projected 26 to the Pacers. Colby Jones is a Rick Carlisle player. If that yeah. actually happened, like he is the Rick Carlisle like prototype. Mm-hmm. Um, Bust your ass. Get in your opponent's jersey when you're guarding them. Make some plays happen in the half court. Him with a guy like Halliburton would be awesome. Um, Halliburton makes everyone better. Don't get me wrong. But I think that that would be a really, really good spot for him. I mentioned Memphis earlier. Um, I just don't want to see him go to like a franchise like Charlotte who doesn't know how to handle talent. I don't want to see him go somewhere like there. But, um, you know, I think that area really is really big for him. Uh, you know, a guy we're probably going to talk about next week, Max L. Lewis from Pepperdine is a guy that people are taking a little bit above him. I think they're very comparable. So, yeah, it's a really, really fun spot for him. And I'm excited to see what they do, especially because they have that uh, Providence game next week. They got Seton Hall on Friday, Providence on Wednesday, and then they end their regular season next week against Butler at home. So, be interesting. Um, our last guy today is a guy that you got to see in person this year. And a guy who's really just fills up. He's a bucket getter. He's a really, really dynamic shooter. A guy that I'm shocked people have in the second round. I would probably I love him. First... I yeah. love him. I do too. Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. If you want to know what Jordan Hawkins is doing right now, he's just at 16 points a game, four rebounds, and just under 21 on his player efficiency rating. And right so... now he's going through the best stretch of the season too. He's been dropping 20 plus points pretty much every night recently. Making the case to be the Big East player of the year. Yeah. Um, shooting is not going to be an issue for him whatsoever in the league. Three-point shooting, free throw shooting, uh, getting points. He's going to be awesome. I think this is going to be a really good spot for him. So currently right now shooting 39% from three, 87% from the free throw line. You're just really, really playing well. On over uh, seven three attempts per game in college, seven... which is like 12 to 13 in the yeah. NBA. <laughs> so these are his last... Seven games, 20 points, 28 points, 26 points, 10 points, 20 points, 11 points, 20 points. So scoring is not an issue for him. Just an excellent, excellent guy that you can have like a, be a spot starter, come off the bench, get some buckets for you. I, I'm with you, dude. I love Jordan Hawkins. I do too. And I think if somebody gets like, if the Lakers, for example, I don't know what their pick situation is, but they probably got second rounder. <laughs> if they got a second rounder, like this would be a great pickup for them or any team that's got a second rounder in all honesty, because one thing that impresses me about him is he is so long too. Like he is very long and I think he could turn into being a great defender as well. Um, and like you said, the dude has a strap on him. Like he can shoot so well. Um, those splits are crazy. 87% from three, 39, almost 40% from three on seven and a half attempts a game is nuts in college. I mean, seven and a half attempts per game is crazy in college. And if this guy can just shoot as, as he is now, uh, I, I don't see any world where he doesn't become a really, really solid role player because I think he's going to learn how to defend really well in the NBA level because he has all the tools to be a great defender as well. He does. I agree. You look at him um, and some of the names that really kind of jump out to me, like, I think he's better than I, I mentioned Max Christie earlier. I think he's better than Max Christie. Yeah, I for think sure. like, you know, that's not a that's not a dog Max Christie by any means. 
but I think he's, you know, a better player than him. I think, you know, he's probably a better player than half the Bulls bench. Um, I think Tim he sad would... he didn't get Westbrook. No, I'm not. <laughs> no, no, I'm not. No, no, I'm not. But, you know, you look at some of the guys who he's kind of in that area with. So, like, Dylan Mitchell from Texas is a name that's kind of right you see around his. Um, Jame Jaquez from UCLA. I would take Hawkins over those two if it was me, if I were a GM. Maybe I'm wrong. But at this moment, I feel like, and you talked about Colby Jones, of can they help an NBA team right away? Are they a guy that I don't have to put in the G League for a couple months a year? I think he fits that mold really well. He has a good Big East tournament. He's on a UConn team that I still think is the highest ceiling in the Big East. So I really think they could win the Big East. I think they could still win the national championship. I really think if they hit their ceiling and all things go well, they're really hard to beat. And they're one of the best teams in the country. Yeah, And I think he's a main contributor. They are, and I think he's just a major contributor to that. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And like we talked about, five of his last seven games, he's gone for 20-plus. I mean, that's a really impressive stre- stretch, especially during the in the Big East where, I mean, the Big East is a lot of good defensive teams outside yeah. of Xavier. <laughs> a lot of really good defensive teams. And they Xavier's played better defensive play better. late. Yeah. yeah, they have been. It's almost Their offense has been struggling more, but they've been playing better defense. So, um but yeah, that's it's a really conference where you see a lot of games in the 60s and the 50s, and uh, Hawkins' ability to score 20 points in those games is really impressive. I mean, and then the only thing I would say from him is I don't know if he can become more than just a 3 and D player at all because, like, he hasn't shown an ability to really do anything outside of scoring. <laughs> really, like, not a great – he's an okay rebounder and then for his position and size, and then – facilitating he really has done nothing facilitating the ball also though andre jackson is kind of like a point forward he facilitates yeah. a lot of the offense so that could be he might have more facilitating skills than he's shown um because andre jackson i mean when i covered him at xavier he almost had a triple double um but yeah oh, yeah he uh hawkins just hasn't shown much in that ability to like make his teammates around him better or anything like that yeah you're right and i think that's something that he could definitely improve on uh, but I don't know if that's his game either. Yeah. Uh, as far as like at the NBA level, you know, is he a guy that you're going to have like set set screens for to get an open shot? Probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably a good situation there. I don't know if he's like a dribble handoff guy by any means because I don't know if he has the ability to get the separation between his defender like that. But if you get him in space and he has the shot, you you feel good about it. You certainly feel like you have a chance. So I think that's where his uh, his abilities are really going to come into play. Um. Yeah, I think that those three are a really good start there. I know we went a little quicker than we thought we would on that, but is there any other players you want to talk about real quick? Any any games you're looking forward to to seeing prospects for the rest of the week? Um, I mean, tonight there's a bunch of good games. If I want to pull up the slate here tonight, I mean, Providence, I mean, Bryce Hopkins, I want to see him tonight. He's been a great yeah. player this year, probably the most improved player in the country. Um, who knows how much he really improved or it was just – cow didn't play him for some reason <laughs> but uh yeah i want to see him tonight and that's a big time big east matchup so i'd like to see bryce hopkins tonight and uh see see if uh he could really do something in the nba because his game doesn't look like it's much of an nba translation but you never know because i mean he's been dominant this year in the big east and i'd say he's the favorite for big east player of the year right now at least yeah i would say that's fair i think bryce hopkins is a guy who is you know he's a very good basketball player i'm really excited to see so we have the two guys we just mentioned play against each other tonight Mm-hmm. UConn Providence tonight at 6:30, so that's gonna be a really fun game. I cannot wait to see how the, how those two match up against each other. Um, 
for me, I'm really curious about on Saturday, we've got a really, really big top 25 game. Let me get it pulled up again real quick because I just had it. And of course, my phone fails me. But um, where is it? Baylor and Texas. What did Dylan Miller and Keontae George do in that game? Mm-hmm. Those two guys, those two teams jockeying for the Big 12 championship, uh, along with Kansas, who just had an unbelievable win. Um, team, those are teams I think are really, really good. I really want to see what those what those teams do next week. So they're excited for that game. It's a two o'clock tip, so it won't be you know right fresh in the afternoon with some good college basketball. Nothing better than that. So I'm excited for that game. Yeah, that's definitely going to be a good game. Um, looking at some other games, I mean, uh, we're not going to talk about Alabama. <laughs> um, uh, Creighton's playing this weekend, and I actually really like Ryan Nemhard as a prospect. I do too. Prospect. I really do. I mean, and I think it kind of helps seeing what his brother's done. In all seriousness, because they're very similar players, play style-wise. And Nemhard just looks like a, a floor general out there. Like, I really like watching him play. He's a really solid passer. Um, his scoring has increased a lot recently, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you start to see him on some draft boards. Yeah, I agree. Chris Burry's another guy like that for me, where it's like your brother's really good. You guys are very, very similar. So <laughs> then you're going to be good. Be good. Yeah. So maybe <laughs> you know, maybe that's a terrible. And that's probably Nemhart's having. Nemhart's having a better though, like college start than his brother did. Yeah, I mean, he I, for sure is. I saw Andrew when he was at Florida. They played Xavier in the finals of the Charleston Classic, and he was decent in that game. But that was uh, Keontae Johnson before mm-hmm. he had all his uh, fortunate. Uh, He's bad. That's somebody we could talk about. Seriously, I'm Rask. excited for Keontae Johnson. Absolutely love him as a player, and that's uh, awesome. Like you didn't, <laughs> you didn't play for two years. That crazy stuff that happened, and you're still yeah. a beast two years later. So I do want to touch on this before we get out of here, since we do have a couple minutes, but. Today on ESPN, Jonathan Gavoni releases 2024 mock draft. And at the first pick, he had Matas Bezalis, which is pretty common. But at number 10, he had Bronny James. So what he said, and this is his quote, in a class full of prospects whose development has stagnated, James is one of the few who continues to make strides physically and skill-wise, looking like a five-star recruit and potential one-and-done candidate. I've gotten to watch a little bit of Sierra Canyon on delay, not live. Um, and I know that he's obviously always going to have people looking at him. He hasn't decided his school yet, uh, but it sounds like he's daring his list down. I feel like he's going to go to USC or Oregon. Yeah, that's like sure. what I feel too. Um, what do you think about this? Like, Do you have a thought on what you could see from him? I think he's almost gotten underrated by like a lot of media because his dad's LeBron at this point, and he was overrated when he was like 12 years old. I yeah. really think that has happened to him because I feel like these last, like the last like year, Bronny has developed a lot. Like I've watched a good bit of Sierra Canyon, like you said as well. Um, and Bronny's just, he's really impressed me. And the thing that impresses me the most is he has his dad's basketball IQ to a T. The, like the guy is a pass first point guard that can score like he is looking for his teammates always before he's looking for his own shot and he like as a passer i think he i think he's an amazing passer for his age and everything i did too and i think he's gonna be a great point guard in the nba i I really do i don't think he's gonna be his dad but i wouldn't be shocked if this guy's a starting point guard in the nba in a few years i really wouldn't be shocked yeah i think if he goes to the pac-12 uh like you mentioned usc and oregon 
Is I'd like to in... see him at Oregon. I would too, because I want to see him go against Isaiah Collier. Yeah. I don't want to see him play with Isaiah Collier. I want to see him go against him. I want to see what that matchup looks like. Are they the two best guards in this upcoming draft class for 2024? And I think that would be really dynamic. Now, if he goes to USC, that team's awesome. That team's really, really good. Yeah. Um, but I think he would just be a great addition to Oregon. Uh, I'm really hoping for that case. I wouldn't be against him going to Ohio State, obviously. It just feels like that's kind of out of the book at this point uh, for the sake of being around his family. And, you know, obviously, you know, when your dad's LeBron, who is the top Nike athlete, and Oregon's a possibility. Those Oregon uniforms with the LeBron patch? Imagine it. <laughs> I feel like, like that's going to happen. I yeah. feel like where he goes, we'll get the LeBron logo on the patch. I feel like. Yeah, I did too. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious about it. I thought that was cool. I'll keep an eye on that. Um, before we do get out of here, though, I want to say we're really excited about this show. Like I said, so we will be doing this every Wednesday on the live stream in the afternoon uh, that we are available. Uh, work case will always work around the schedule. Uh, so next week, do you have any guys you want to touch on next week? Do you want to get uh, get too particular? Give a oh. give a little preview for the people. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody I'd like to talk about. Hmm. You go. Uh, I definitely want to touch on Bryce Sensabaugh because he's a guy I'm kind of fascinated with because there's things about him I love and there's things about him that really scare me at the NBA level. Um, so he's definitely one that I want to kind of touch on for sure so I can get a week of like a week of footage to watch on him. I mean, we could talk about the Thompson twins, but I feel like a lot of people are going to be talking about them and stuff. Um, I, I'm just trying. I'm trying to think of like some like lower end prospects is what I'm trying to think of. Some somebody in the second round that we could touch on, and I'm just kind of blanking right now to be honest. That's I'm all right. To think of a second rounder, Amoni. Uh, yeah, that's somebody. Yeah, that's somebody who I don't know because I've been I've watched him a few. I watched him last night because like without the NBA, I'm down bad out here. There's no, <laughs> I'm really down bad. Like. Parker's making college basketball prize pick projections. I am. So I was watching Amani yesterday and he sold me. But besides that, he's just, I don't know. He is so inefficient. I saw, he has, listen to this, because I was doing research, obviously, when I was placing a bet on. He has scored 20 plus points in nine straight games where he shot over 30% from the field. 30%. He has shot under 30% in five straight games. Yeah, I'm looking at the numbers. He takes some horrible, or maybe it's four straight. I don't know. He has he takes some horrible shots. Well, horrible. That's, uh, that's a preview for Imani Bates next week. But at the same time, he's playing on a horrible team. They're yeah. bad. They, they are. are bad. They're I watched rough. them last year at NKU without Imani, with Noah Farrakhan and his twin brother or whatever, and they were they were rough. They were. Well, cool. Well, that's the wrap on episode one. Uh, be sure to keep an eye on also. As the news came out today, keep an eye out for the Prince of Hoops podcast. I will be working with 2024 consensus top 25 recruit Trenton Flowers. Uh, he's going to give a lot of insight and in life to be a big time prospect. And Trenton's a guy that has a lot of basketball conversation that he wants to get to regarding the league, college ball, etc. And we're going to talk about, you know, throughout the time, his decision making for where he's going to play in ball next year. So, Parker, this was fun. Be sure to check out at large bid. Uh, on their own feed and 48 Minutes Basketball Network and buy some merch, 48 Minutes Basketball Network.merchmake.com. We're out. Take it easy, everybody. See ya.